Welcome to the Good Theological Thursday podcast. My name is James Crockett. And I am Dre Clark. And we are glad to have you join in our conversation today. We hope that this podcast helps you as you think about your life and God and how they fit together. And a good Theological Thursday to all of you. We are in Season 8, Episode 1 of the podcast, and we are finally back from a long hiatus, uh, longer than probably normal, Dre, but a lot has happened this summer. And so um, I think to start off, instead of our normal weekly wisdom and wonderings, I think we just need to kind of catch up on things happening this summer. And for you, there's some really major things happening. So <laughs> yep. uh, why don't you talk about that? Yeah. So um, yeah, it has been, you're not lying with that. Like I have had a crazy, crazy summer. So we, I'm trying to think whenever season seven ended, but it probably right after we ended around May, um, maybe I was already in conversation, but I had a church reach out to me um, in Grapevine, Texas, and uh, and kind of started a conversation with them and started going through a lot of prayer. Uh, but anyways, so long story short, I have accepted a new job. Um, so I'm back in Texas, uh, or back in, in Dallas, Fort Worth area. I'm in Grapevine, and I am the discipleship pastor at First Baptist Grapevine. So left um, Champion Forest, love that church, super hard decision to leave. Um, not just the church, but the people you know that, that made the church mm-hmm. there uh, incredible. Um, so it was, man, it was a summer of back and forth. Um, uh, James, I even had one of my friends. Uh, I, we, we needed a speaker for one of our camps, and so I, uh, I was like, "Hey, I got a guy," and I selfishly brought a guy in to come be a speaker at our camp, um, so me and him could like you know hang out and talk and just talk about transitioning. <laughs> um, and so I think it, it was a day. A day was on the podcast once. So I had a lot yeah, of friends rally yeah. around me, a lot of prayer. Um, you know, me and you had several conversations, but. Um, but yeah, man. So ultimately, we we felt like God was leading us uh, here and um, loving it. So I am I'm about a month in um, as a discipleship pastor here, and yeah, it's been been a roller coaster. Moved in about a week ago, so I literally uh, we we delayed this season quite a bit because I just got my office set up, um, mm-hmm. you know, today basically. So um, <laughs> finally finished up everything. Yeah. yeah, that's it, man. That's what's man. going on in my world. Um, you know, my my son turned two. My daughter is. Almost nine months, and so we're being overrun by them. And uh, midst of moving, you can imagine, it's so much harder moving with two kids uh, than, yeah, than before. Yeah, I can imagine. But yeah, we're, we're in and we're here, so that's our life update. What about you? Yeah, well, by the way, first off, congratulations on a new position, and super excited that you're back in Dallas and uh, that you've got open the door for this opportunity for you. Um, yeah, this summer for me was... Um, you know, re- really, there was I, um, I had a big goal. You know, uh, ministry-wise, you know, since I do college young adults, you know, things kind of slow down a little bit, especially in my specific areas of ministry. Now, there are plenty of things that go on around the church that, um, you know, kind of fill in those gaps. Like, you know, there was I think it was like three times this summer I was I was filling the pulpit. Um, in our main worship services, and so always enjoy getting to do that. But one, you know, personally, one of the big focuses for me for me was um, making progress on my di- dissertation. I had a specific chapter, and I had a goal that I wanted to have a rough draft of that chapter done by end of summer, and I did hit that goal. And so um, I am now working on revising that chapter. Uh, Dre, I'm, I'm aiming right now. I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. I, I'm aiming right now to have it done at end of January. Um, wow. 
And because uh, if I haven't done it in the January, then I could defend in spring and graduate in spring. So have a lot of work left to do on that still. Um, you know, that's not an easy task. It's going to take some, uh, you know, I'm going to have to be even a little bit faster than I have been normally. But, you know, trying to find, we're working on finding the time. And, you know, my wife and I say it's just, it's time for me to be done with this thing. I've, I feel like I've been at it forever. And yeah. so, but yeah, so making, it was good to make progress there. And, uh, and yeah, we're launching now into this new semester and everything's been good. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I bet you're ready to finish up. I'm actually looking at part, part of the move down here so I could begin PhD work after that. So I'm just trailing right behind yeah. you. But I, so yeah, I feel yeah. like, it's been been quite a while. I think you were you were doing your PhD well whenever we worked together, right? You'd already started and doing seminars. Oh yeah, so, oh yeah. You've been trucking. Yeah, I started time. I started back in 2016. So yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a long time, and you know some of that is you know if you ever go through it, it, it you know I was I was moving I was moving at a pretty good pace, and then you know I got married and had a kid, and yeah. you know my son also turned two this summer, and so. Um, yeah, that, you know, life just kind of hit and, you know, I was, I was part time at the church at Hillcrest where I'm at now. And then I was moving to full time and just, you know, all that stuff kind of came in and changed and uh, I would say slowed me down, but, you know, PhD is, it is a, I heard a guy describe it as it's just, you know, especially when you get to writing your dissertation, it's just ramming your head into the wall <laughs> over and over again until you finally kind of just break through. That's that is yeah. a really good description. It's just a grind, and you just have to just keep grinding. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing. Just keep on grinding, and then you know, in the long run, it'll it'll be worth it. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think a lot of people just don't understand that side of 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 the world, especially that side of ministry. I mean, there is. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, pastors, they'll get up their little Bible study um, or even people that, you know, for you using a, a product from somebody that, that wrote a curriculum, mm-hmm. um, you know, one, there's there's a lot that goes into it. And so it, it is such a such a needed task. And so but it is such a difficult task to uh, really dive yeah. in. And, and it really comes from this heart of we really value scripture. We really value it's not just academics. I mean, yes, there is an academic practice that surrounds it, but mm-hmm. the heart of it really is. Um, now, we want to be faithful with God's word. We really want to dive in and make sure that what we're adding and contributing to to these the body of, of knowledge and wealth and adding to the conversation that's been going on for thousands of years is, is accurate and well and and um you know it's it's such it's, it's an important task but it's a difficult task. I mean I, I respect you in that and best of luck finishing up, man. I mean I, I bet you're excited for that and yeah, I can't wait to can't wait to start mine. So I mean I'm sure it'll be I'll have yeah. my own little journey with it. But that's the reason why I haven't started mine is because I've had all these kids and <laughs> job transitions and yeah. so I'm even yeah. kind of waiting now. I was like, um, one of my goals is to start this fall. And I was like, nope, got another job change. So let's just wait a little bit. And uh, once my yeah. daughter turns one, I think I'll be able to start kind of going yeah. there. But that's one of my ambitions too, just because I love it. So, so um, yeah. meaningful work. I love doing it. But. Yeah. And you have to, you have to really enjoy it <laughs> if you yeah. want to do it because it, it, there, it is not always the most enjoyable thing. Yeah. But, uh, I, I had a professor dra- warn me, one of my professors said, he said, it, if once you do it, it's the most lonely thing you can do because like knowledge is you know, just that level. No one, no one relates. And so, yeah, just a very lonely yeah. endeavor. Your mind's in another world that people don't go to. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. You try, you try to explain what you're doing and people just kind of look at you with a glazed look in their eye and yeah. you were like, 
I, sometimes you're like, I don't really know how to explain to you what I'm doing. And so I'm yeah. going to try my best. But, um, but yeah, I, I've joked that whenever, whenever I finish, I'm like, I'm not going to know what to do with myself. Cause I've, I've literally been in school since I was five years old. Like I've just <laughs> yeah. like, for me, I've never taken breaks. Like I've just kind of jumped from the next thing to the other. And so once I finish, it's like, I'm gonna be like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, you know, it's yeah. so, <laughs> um, so, um, but in the meantime, you know, can't look too far ahead. Just got to kind of keep my head down at this point. So, um, yeah, yeah Dre, why don't we go ahead and jump into our, um, main topic of the day. Uh, so we are going to talk about the concept of original sin and, um, Dre, I didn't, I didn't actually tell you why how this subject no, even came no. up and came to mind. Um, no, James so, just texted me last night like, hey, you got a topic? And I was like, nope, as usual. And he's like, we're going to do this one. I was like, cool. <laughs> That's all I know. So, <laughs> Yeah. And so, um, yeah, really, it comes about because I, um, I have a good friend of mine, Brandon. Brandon was on the podcast, I don't know how long ago, but he's come on with us before. And um, uh, he actually uh, Marco Poloed me because he uses uh, – Marco Polo for his theological discussions, which I'm like, oh, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good idea. Um, And so anyways, so he just, he's kind of reading some books and he he asked the question about um, original sin. um, And we just kind of started having a discussion on that of um, the validity, the validity of that doctrine questions regarding, you know, yeah. Do humans inherit a sin nature from Adam? You know, I, I think there's obviously multiple levels to this doctrine, um, and uh, there are different ways of approaching it. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how it came up. But, um, Dre, I'll turn it over to you. Um, where would you want to start with this? Or, or maybe, maybe let's just let's kind of take a macro view here. How would you define the doctrine of original sin. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, James is, is always, always pull up my notes whenever I have these discussions. And so, um, I found, I found a quote in one of my, one of my class notes from, uh, Blaise Pascal. And he, he my note says that, that, that he, he kind of stated that nothing jolts us more rudely as the doctrine of original sin, which is beyond our ability to fully understand, but without, we can't explain anything. And so I think that's a really good introductory mm-hmm. that, um, it's a very it's a rude conversation. I like that language of like um, original sin. It's it's not it's it's not fun to talk about, and it's kind of and there's part of it's like well, that's you know, it questions our fairness, and it's you know, but at the same time, um, and it's hard to understand. Like how how does it work out? I mean, no one I mean, the church the debates. You know, no one really knows quite for sure what all is happening. There's all these theories, of course, and and, and theologies that are developed from it. Um, but yet, without this concept, it's, it really is hard to explain uh, the, the the foundation of our faith. And so, this is why, you know, Calvinism, Arminianism, is such a live debate because a part of the root of it is what do you do with this doctrine of, of original sin and depravity, and how does it play out? Um, but yeah, I think at a bird's eye view, it, it really you're really kind of hitting, um, the, you know, the heart of it is is how does um, how how does sin how is it transmitted to to every generation? I think that's the mm-hmm. I think that's the question. Um, we we know the story of the garden um, that the man and the woman ate the fruit um, that they were not supposed to do. They they disobeyed God. They distrusted God. Um, in a, in a world that was good, they chose um, distrust over over trust. They 
there was all these things that went on, and so, and so that led to the fall of mankind. The question then becomes mm-hmm. is after that, you know, why why did uh, why did Cain kill Abel? You know, was that you know why do people continually you know one of the kind of um, major questions is you know why why does everyone seem to turn out bad? <laughs> why why do people make bad choices? Yeah. Um, and and um, what is the nature of, of someone who's born? All these different things are kind of wrapped up. That I don't know. That's a, that's a good bird's eye view, and for my idea. But anything you want to add to that? Yeah. No, I, I think that's a good broad view, and I think it. You know, obviously, original sin and how you view it may play into. It's going to play into the idea of. Um, and I, I don't think it's just a reformed theology concept, or it's just a Calvinist concept. But obviously, it's kind of an important idea if you get into doctrine of total depravity, you know, the idea that every human is born completely depraved and completely sinful. And, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, really, like you said, the question, you know, becomes how did sin pass to all people? Right. And, you know, and that, and that's really your, the big question. And there's, and so kind of, as we talk about it, I think, you know, just as a caveat, like, you know, you know, we're. I think both you and I would both say, look, that every human is sinful, right? That mm-hmm. there's no, there is none righteous, no, not one, right? You know, R- Romans three. But there, there does come a question of how do we, what's, how does the Bible frame the conversation of how humanity gets his or her sinfulness, right? So, yeah. um, I think maybe to start, um, we can get into the concept of. Uh, federalism and seminalism, right? So, yeah. um, and, and that, that's kind of maybe where it starts. So, really, the, the concept of federalism and seminalism gets into the idea of how how did Adam's sin um, pass to every human? And so, you kind of have these two different camps here. You know, one federalism dre i'll I'll just define it and then i'll kind of Mm -hmm. let you give your thoughts on kind of where you lean or do you lean in either one so federalism is basically this idea that adam is the head of the human race right so he's almost this representative head this representative you know maybe for lack of better term an ambassador of the human race and um and basically whether adam Succeeded or whether Adam failed would be determinative of where the human race would go. And so the idea of federalism is that once Adam, as the head of the human race, sinned, um, that naturally all those who um, come after him because he represented them also will sin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, almost guilt by association. Guilt by association is not a great word, but you know maybe that... I, yeah, that maybe that doesn't really define the concept well, but that that's kind of the basic idea. And then seminalism is the idea that um, that all of humanity. It's this idea that when Adam sinned, that humanity sinned in Adam. It's kind of this idea that you know we almost sinned alongside Adam the moment he took the fruit and ate of it, and it's it's like we took the fruit and ate. So. Um, Dre, anything to add to those definitions? And if not, just kind of yeah. where do you lean um, yeah. in, in this area? I, I do think it's important, um, a, kind of a pre-conversation. I want to go too big, but, but the, it is – these two definitions, so these are two theories of sin's imputation. So um, we're talking about how is sin – how is sin – 
you know, how is how is sin infecting the you know the and being transmitted, right? Um, so mm. where does it come from? So. The, the the conversation before you get to federal and seminal and there's also these also have different names representative view realist view there's other ways they're talked about so if you have other if you were taught different mm-hmm. theology there's different views for these um, but but the thing the conversation behind it which I think is important because I think it's it needs to be determined first is um, actually is the conversation how does God create humanity um, and so there's yeah. two views that go this so one is creationism um, which I would say is mm-hmm. probably the more popular view, um, and creationism is basically that God creates a new soul for each body. Um, so whenever you're born, God's mm. God's creating you right then. Um, and, yeah. and creationism uh, typically um, leads to uh, normatively leads to representative or federal theory, right? So this idea mm-hmm. that um, that sin itself is not transmitted from the parent to the child, but only physical human characteristics, right? So that's kind of where this. So, so if you believe that God's creating you, creationism it goes to, to representative theory. Well, and uh, Dre also mentioned that federalism. The idea is not just that sin passes you, but the guilt, right? So exactly. guilt is just yep. kind of passed down. So I, I now I think. As we talk about this, that that concept is key—the idea of guilt being passed guilt. down to each yeah. generation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, continue. So yeah, exactly. So um, so this idea, exactly right. So Adam's sin is imputed to each person in this view, and um, it's kind of like Adam um, voted in such a way that all mankind were like you know implicated. This idea that you know like hey, because of his thing, like his guilt. Exactly what you just said. It's it's not necessarily a. You know, you're created a new person, but his guilt, not his sin, because of because Adam did this, he kind of said, "Hey, I'm voting for human race. Now everyone after me is going to live in this broken world. They're going to inherit my guilt. They're going to inherit a broken mm-hmm. world." Um, and so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the representative. So he represents what he did. He represents everybody. Um, so that that comes from this creation. The other. Um, view is is that God um, uh, traditionism um, affirms that the soul yeah. as well as the body come from the parent. So so mm-hmm. that so this the, there's a difference here. Creationism, new soul, new body comes from God. Traditionism is soul and body are coming from the parent. So this is a that Tertullian was one of the first to do this. this. This actually comes more from Eastern Orthodoxy. Lutherans will hold this. Mm-hmm. Um, some some Protestants will do it. Um, it's a lot, lot slimmer, but but the idea is um, th- this is being passed down. So what that kind of means is that in Adam, you got to think of like there was a big box, and every so you got to be careful here because it's not like souls are preexistent. There's an issue with this one that people will argue. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so it's not they were on a germinal, not preexistent sense in Adam. We were in Adam. And so not only do we get our physical characteristics, but we also get the sinful state of estrangement from God, our soul, you know, our, our scarred, infected soul, just like our scarred, infected bodies are passed down. Um, mm-hmm. And so that that kind of goes with the seminal or the realist view. Um, I, thought that, I just want to kind of add that both of those, um, your view of humanity really is going to be very directly influenced by your view of imputation. Um, where, yeah. where where does mankind start? Where does a soul come from? Are we all in Adam in that way, or are we all in Adam in the sense that he was represented? And um, and so yeah, you kind of have this this uh, the, these two views that kind of come out. Is, is I, did I explain those correctly? There's a lot of theological yeah no that, things there. I, I think yeah, and really two. Two and two go hand in hand. So creationism mm-hmm. goes with federalism for the yeah. most part, and yeah. traditionism goes with seminalism. Um, you know, they kind of have to 
they, they kind of are two sides of the same coin almost. Um, yeah, they're just kind of, or two wings of the same plane, right? You know, they, these theories kind of go together. Um, and so, because it, it wouldn't really, yeah, it wouldn't really make much sense to be a traditionist and then hold to like a federal. Federal, yeah. Um, why, I mean, why would theory. you? You wouldn't need to because, you, yeah. You know, um, the idea is the infection, you know, started with Adam and everyone carries the, the disease. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's almost it, like this plague. It's contagious yeah. that we so, all just kind of get it, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you, you do get these two. So, the idea of how, how is humanity, how does God create? Humans, because um, because then and, and they both have their issues, you know. Though I mean, there really is mm-hmm. one, one of the ones with creationism is like, okay, so does God create me with a propensity to sin, or or really the question is, if everyone's a new creation, if there is a new soul, then why does everyone turn out bad? Um, you know, and mm-hmm. you say, you know, um, or or another part of that is well, um, it, this representative view is, you know, if Adam's our representative, what happens if I didn't want to vote for Adam? You know, if I, you know, I. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah. There, there's there's um you know the other one too is then then everyone the seminal view is you know you're 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 born with this disease kind of a thing and so there's a whole bunch of things that go with that. Um, yeah, I, there's a lot a lot of that. So um, that's the view. Jay, before we go, kind of, I mean, I'll, I'll give my answer and you can kind of give yours. But um, I think at this point, if you're if you're hearing us correctly, you should start to see the blatant um, issue that people have with Christianity with these, um, which mm-hmm. is the, the question then comes up, well, either one of those are not fair. Um, yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. vote for Adam. Adam did that. Why do I carry his guilt? Or in the other view, yeah. um, you know, why, why is God letting me be born to this? You know, it's not fair. Why am I born sick? You know, because of someone else's mistake. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, you're, if your parents were on drugs and you were born and you have defects from that, Right, I mean, it's kind of like that's that's not your fault, and so how is any of this fair, um, or the reality of does this mean that we're born broken? You know, that people are born not good and not, you know, wonderful little creations that are, you know, how does that go? How does does God make junk? You know, so that that's another another thing that comes up in this conversation of what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be born human? Um, and, and and so that the problem of evil really that that really is where I think this debate, you know really rears its head um and i I think that at some point we've got to realize yeah things are not as they should be um and that's why we need grace and so that's that really is why i think this this conversation is the foundation to a lot of our christian thinking um the world may Mm -hmm. say no you're born good you're great just as you are christianity will lean towards no there is a problem um there's a very serious problem and um you can't fix it and you need someone to come save you and so yeah that's kind of back to uh, Pascal's, you know, major point. Yeah. Um, it's, well, you've got to have it. <laughs> yeah. And Dre, the other difficulty kind of with this conversation, whenever you play it out and, you know, I'll kind of give my take on some of this and some of the things I've even been thinking through since I started having this conversation again. Um, the, the other difficult thing can be, there, there will arise questions of what about a child that dies in the womb, right? Or mm-hmm. what about babies that, you know, you know, pass away, you know, before they can, you know, before they can have any cognitive ability to understand God and or to trust 
in Christ for salvation, right? You know, these type of questions come up and with, with original sin, it's sometimes difficult because it's like, wait a second, if this child is guilty from the moment they're conceived Mm -hmm. or born, right, then what does God do? Right. So that's, that can be the other difficulty with this. Um, and so, um, so yeah. And so then you have to, depending on where you stand on this, you have to kind of give an explanation of, you know, you know, where do I, where do I stick with this? Mm -hmm. So, um, so Dre, I want to kind of, I, I I don't think you you didn't necessarily say kind of no what yeah. your view is no, and no, so um, I like to hold my cards we'll, close until I yeah, have to say them yeah. until, so, until you make me I mean you at want, some point in the podcast you'll be like okay I'll say it and then yeah. then I might get fired every time and I'm like you know okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, I'll I'll give you the option either I can start or you can start with yeah. just kind of where you yeah. do this no let's hear you start that way I can at least because because typically what happens in this James is um, when I have a unique view. My unique view is not necessarily, you know, heretical. And so I yeah. will say, yes, I agree with James, but I'll say I have this nuance. I, and, and this is one of those positions that I well, have a, I have a lot of nuances in um, just I, as I've studied through it. So, Dre, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say I have nuances here as well. Okay. Um, so I want to start with the idea of, and Dre, I'm, part of this is arises from some of my... Uh, some of my dissertation studies. So I want to, I want to frame it in the concept of kingship. Okay. And, and, uh, Adam, and so the concept is this, right? So the Adam is, you know, my argument in Genesis one, that Adam is God's first King, right? And that he has been God always intended to rule his creation through a Royal ambassador. And so a, or a Royal vice regent, if you want to say that. And so, uh, the idea is, you know, this is Adam is created. Um, he has dominion over creation. He's, you know, he's commanded to subdue the earth. Um, he's he is meant to steward the good rule of God over creation. Um, and, and I think actually, even Paul in Romans five, he uses kingship language to talk about um, what happened with Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is this, is that when Adam, as God's ruler, betrayed God, um, did not do what God had commissioned him to do, um, and ultimately failed, tried to go his own way, that Paul says that that Adam introduced the reign of sin and death, which is very interesting language for Paul um, there in Romans 5. Um, the idea that sin and death reign through the one. And so the idea then is in Romans, it's interesting. It's almost, you know, at times it it almost portrays sin and death as these kind of Mm. cosmic characters. Now, I don't think Paul meant to say like sin and death are like a person, but it's just kind of interesting the language that he uses there. And so, um, but the idea then is that as the characteristic now of Adam's dominion, which I think is another key word, is it's a dominion that is ruled by sin and death. So when humanity is born into this dominion, they and they exist in quote unquote Adam's world, um, they naturally will take on the characteristics of that kingdom or of that dominion, right? So the characteristic of the dominion of Adam is it is a dominion that is ruled by sin. So therefore, 
If you are born into this dominion, you naturally take on the characteristic of sin. And this is why you naturally will sin, right? That there's nothing else that humanity can do but to sin because they are from Adam. They're born into his dominion. Um, and so, this, so you're saying this then, is normative in, in the dominion of, of Adam. This is the normative behavior. Yes. So it is this what is the they normative will do. behavior. Okay. It is what yeah. It is what the it is what the kingdom is defined by. The kingdom of Adam is defined by sin and it's defined by death. Yeah. So also naturally, you're born in this dominion, and then your life is characterized by sin and death. Right. Yeah. So this is where Paul makes the turn though. In Romans 5 to Christ, right? He says, as sin and death reigned through the one, so now through the one, through the son, through Christ, life reigns, right? So what had to happen in the, so because the world was now characterized by the dominion of sin and death, another king had to come, Mm -hmm. right? And another king had to usurp the reign of sin and death that came because of Adam. And so Christ in his reign enter breaks into the dominion of the world as a king from quote unquote the outside. He enters into the dominion of the world yeah, and he introduces the reign of yeah. life. Romans mm-hmm. 8, right? He brings in the reign of life. And yeah. and then Paul will also do this in Colossians 1 where he talks about you have been transferred from the dominion of darkness and mm-hmm. brought into the kingdom of his beloved son. And I, I think kingdom is kind of a is a it's a pretty important concept to understand how humanity incurs their uh, their sinful nature um, and how they eventually incur guilt. Now Heiser's view on this is really interesting. Heiser basically argues because the the natural idea with original sin, especially federal headship, is not only let's return here. It's not only the idea that sin passed to all people, but you know people will naturally also say Adam's guilt passed down to every human. Yeah. And Heiser's argument is that Romans 5 never says that guilt passed down. And so the idea then is what it, what is humanity guilty of? Are they guilty of Adam's sin or are they guilty of their own sin before God? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think people kind of misunderstand Heiser. And I'm not even saying I necessarily completely agree with him, but I, I see what he's getting at of he's trying his best to say what Paul says. Um, and it's interesting that he is right, that Paul never, at least in Romans 5, he doesn't, he mentions that sin and death pass to every man, but he doesn't yeah, say that sin guilt. Sin the world, yeah, but not, you're right, yes, not the guilt. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say guilt pass to every man. And so, yeah, the question then is, you know, what is humanity guilty of? And so, um, and some people have kind of accused uh, Heiser of like being this Pelagian, Pelagian mm. kind of view of sin. I'm like, I don't really think that's what he's saying. Um, I think what he's saying is actually a little bit different. And so, yeah. Yeah. so I, I lean towards, you know, if you want to put me in like, am I a federalist or am I a seminalist? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I probably sound more like a federalist, but I, I want to nuance it. Because I yeah. think, again, the concept of kingdom is important and that humanity is born into a dominion 
that is characterized by Adam's failure, and therefore they incur the normative behavior of that kingdom. Whereas when humanity transfers into the kingdom of Christ, then they take on and they're being transformed according to the normative behavior of their new king. That is Christ. Yeah. So, so, so really, your system, your system is is sin is, but yeah. So, so you're you're going to hold very strongly to impartation, right? So sin is it's it's, yeah. this, it's this forensic thing. It's 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 a you're born in this system, and because you're born in this system, you inherit the flaws of the system, the thinking of the system. Um, yeah. You, you're or, or you're born in this instead of system, you prefer the word king kingdom you're born in the yeah, fallen kingdom, kingdom or dominion either one yeah yeah so mm-hmm. all, all you know is to kill and all this kind of stuff yada yada yeah um yeah yeah so yeah so i that, that's so how do you how do you in your view personally handle then um the view of so so is the soul born neutral then is is the soul that's being created from god is it is it born neutral and then immediately after birth um, it's being negatively influenced, and thus it ends that way. Is that kind of how you describe even that that process? Yeah, I'm, and honestly, I'm trying to kind of work through that part myself because some yeah. of this is new, um, especially describing it in the idea of kingdom and dominion. Um, and so, I, I'm having to kind of you know to be transparent. I'm having to work out some of that part of it because it, it's hard for me to say like you know that cause, well and the other thing is look if you're going to say that god creates the soul if you're going to hold to like this creationism view i mean it's hard to argue that does god create a sinful soul right I mean, yes. that's kind of that becomes the issue the, yeah that is that is a huge issue and because we would say god is not the author of any evil that god doesn't create broken things correct right yeah. and yeah. so so what we're saying um, is god creates a soul that is then instantaneously imputed Forensically, with the being, you know, the wrong kingdom is that, that's kind of the way that most people would would dance around that. Yeah, G- new soul yeah. immediately imputed, um, and you wouldn't, but you well, wouldn't would even say, say they're yeah. imputed with guilt, though. So, so you would be, you would almost say that people, and I, and I, yeah, I'll, I'll give you my view in a second, but you would say people are born actually without sin nature; they're actually just born with. In, in the broken kingdom, they're born neutral. Is that- yeah, they're just born in. They're born into a broken kingdom, and so therefore they incur the characteristics of a broken kingdom. And yeah, and look, I, I'm not saying humans don't have a sinful nature, right? That's because yeah. that can be how this view is misunderstood. And I'm not saying that. Like, no, we are born, and we will. We all sin. You know, and sin, my mother conceived me, right? That David kind of talks about. Um, but. Um, and it's into this realm of sin that my mother conceived me. And so therefore all I would do is sin. And because I, I am born into the guilty kingdom, I am. Yeah. yeah. It, it, so I, I'm still trying to work some of that yeah, out. Yeah. That, that, that's, yeah, that's I don't want to, I don't want to say that humanity is born good. I, I, I wouldn't argue that. Yeah. Um, I argue that humanity is because they're in a, a kingdom ruled by sin and death. Um, they therefore defined by that kingdom that they're defined as yeah. sinful, and so um, yeah. So why, why don't you give your take? Because some of that stuff I'm still trying to even work through myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. So I'll give my view. So my view is um, when I when I think about imputation and impartation, and I think of the vast vast array of debates in the the multiple writings in theological books between these two concepts um, I I look at them and I say um, 
maybe they're both right. Um, mm, I think yeah. it's both. I, I, so so let's let's go back to these two views. So so everything that you have said, I, I agree with. Um, we are born into a broken system. We are born into a bro- or, or we are born into a broken kingdom. I think that's very. I, I, I have no qualms with the with the kingdom, comp, you know, language. Um, mm-hmm. This, uh, you know, this is the kingdom of death and dying. This is the kingdom. Is uh, the the you know the principalities, the rulers of this earth. This is not our kingdom. Um, so mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that's so biblical, right? Um, yeah, but. Um, I, you know, the, this is a question I was just kind of wrestling with when I, when I look at, when I look at some of these, the language that's used, um, I really do see, um, I see a stronger argument, uh, for the, the reality that God did not, this is, this is my issue that's going to get me fired one day. Maybe I, I would, I see there's more evidence that God did not create me and you that I think, I think my mom and my dad created me. Um, Mm. I think God knitted me together. So I'm not going against those verses. I'm not going against any of those things. Um, but I'm looking at this and saying, um, you know, my, my mom, I I came from my parents. Um, God created the first humans, but I was not Mm -hmm. created in that manner. Um, and so I, I'm trying to, Look at this and say, how, what makes sense these texts? So Genesis, you know, eight twenty one, Psalm fifty one, Psalm fifty eight, one forty three, um, you know, even Romans five. You know, I think that it just seems to say that that the position is is that we enter the world with an infection. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I don't even see one of my other parts of my views. I don't even see that there's a sin nature. Um, so I don't I don't yeah. translate sarks that way ever. I translate sarks as flesh. If I do that though, yeah. you have to realize these translators. Why do why do they why do, why do people that are Brilliant scholars, why do they take this word sarks and translate it as sin nature and also flesh? Well, because mm-hmm. I think that I think that to be born in the flesh is to be born with the infection. Um, so yeah. I don't think it's inappropriate. I think it's just a I think it's a I think it's a false dichotomy that there's a spiritual sickness and yeah. there's a physical sickness. No, I think that I, I hold a little bit more holism in that at creation that I am a yeah. soul body uh, combination that's so so deeply fused together. Um, that mm-hmm. that you can't you can't I mean, yes there are two distinguishable parts but you can't separate them you can't really parse them out um, evenly and so yeah. so so I'm going to hold to this this realist view you know this traductionist similist but I also think that it's true that we're also born in guilt so what's the problem whenever someone's born are they born with the infection yes has it had symptoms no um, and are they born guilty or are they born in sin um, capital S sin because they're born in, in the sin kingdom. So just by being born in the, in the enemy territory, um, that's that's also a, a, a treason, right? Um, I also yeah. refer this to every America. Every American that's born is born with trillions of dollars in debt um, because our country mm-hmm. has debt, right? We don't yeah. think it. We don't yeah. think of it that way, but that's true, right? <laughs> as an yeah. American, yeah. as a member of America, right? As a as a citizen of America, mm-hmm. I have I impart that's that debt is partially mine, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, is it fair? No, but but at the same time, as an American, you know, do I have a propensity? Is there something in me that's going to overspend and want greed and yada yada? Yes, that's true. So, I, so I see it both ends. So I agree with your system fully, yeah. um, but I also see it as I think that there's something um, deeper going on um, because I do hold that God does not create us; God oversees our process, 
Yeah. Biologically, because the, the you know the chances of someone actually coming to birth. I mean, you know this. I mean, it's it's ridiculous on a biological level, and so God is knitting us together, and He is giving us all sorts of grace for a life to be born. I mean, how many people have miscarriages, right? How many people don't have mm. this? Um, and that's not to say that that God owes them that, right? But it's to say that life is a miracle. Um, yeah. Um, in and so. There's there's that form that God is overseeing this, but we're not a new soul. We are coming through. My mom and dad made a decision to make me. So I, that's where I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to lean that way on the creation yeah. side. But I do see the scripture realities. I think both are present. In, imputation and impartation, I think, are both true. Um, and they just yeah. in, and they're just emphasized different things. But I think scripturally, I can see them both. And therefore, because I see that to be the case, um, I I don't really know if I can go to either one of these. You know implications fully so i I ride the fence is kind of my nuance did i explain that decently enough yeah no i i think it it makes sense to me and and because the problem again that problem with that creationism view really is okay Mm. you're gonna have a hard time saying god created something sinful right and you know i would say look if you say that god created humanity broken then i think like you really don't understand scripture so god doesn't Mm. do that that's against his character. And so, yeah, it is like a weird, you know, people that have to hold to this kind of traditionally creationism view, then just have to say, well, like basically God creates a soul and then it just immediately breaks. Um, which is, yeah. And so it, it makes sense to me. Um, and really what you could also say, so again, fitting it into the concept of kingdom is that those who are part of the kingdom, therefore take on the characteristics of the kingdom will only produce offspring that also take on the characteristic of the kingdom, right? So, like you I think infection is is a good word for it. And so, you know, if you're born with a, you know, so think of virology. So if you're born with some sort of infection, sometimes that virus won't manifest symptoms right away, right? But mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, some somebody biologically can locate in your body and say, hey, you've got this either virus or even this genetic issue that will manifest itself, right? And so I I think that concept is actually a pretty good way to describe what sin does, that being born with the flesh, we will naturally naturally manifest the works of the flesh, right? Um, That's why we need the spirit, right? So the spirit can transform yes be the cure the antivirus so yeah. to say yeah or, to our or, sin or really and i think this matches the layman's of new creation right the, 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 there mm-hmm. is a second birth why do we need a yeah. why is this mm-hmm. language used because there was some there was something that needs to be completely redone and and, and even even in our eschatology right i mean cuz cuz once you become mm-hmm. saved you still die these this body is full i mean yeah. well why, so why do we need to have resurrection um, right, mm. and, and what is happening yeah. in that resurrection is not just me falling asleep and coming right back up. It is a recreating. It's a new, and yeah. so you, with glorification. So to me, it seems that there is on a, you know, a, once again, I just think some of these views we we like to parse out the spiritual death and the physical death, and, and part of me is just like pushes back on that. No, I I am my body. I am not just in a body. I am my body, and I am my soul. Um, and just in the same way that my body has defects based on my DNA, so does my soul. 
Um, you know, we, we, they're not, it's not like my soul's a brand new thing and you're putting me in a rusty old car body. Right. Um, and then, well, mm-hmm. because now that my brand new soul, my neutral soul is in this old, is in this old body. Now it's going to fail and I'm going to sin. And then now I need to be saved and my soul needs to be saved. And you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. It just seems like it's just so dualistic to me. Um, yeah. and I don't think it matches the scriptural evidence. Um, I think the scriptural evidence actually does lead towards, uh, a, a seminalist traditionist view, um, Within that, now I do think that these other passages make more sense because I think we have overlooked the federal theme. I do think the the federal headship um, is is extremely. I, I think there is a forensic element to all this, um, mm-hmm. and so that's why yeah. I, I just see it as both. And I think that the arguments. Yeah. So I, I don't. Whenever someone makes an argument on one side or the other, I agree with them. And it may, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's normally where I find myself is wait what are we arguing about it's both and in my mind and that's even with N.T. Yeah. Wright this is this is really N.T. Wright too has you know he, he will he will deny um, imputation um, yeah um, or he'll he'll say that it happens way later he 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 puts it he puts it he puts it way further down in, in eschatology mm-hmm. um, and you yeah. know he'll he'll state this and so that's my issue with him is he's not wrong he's just half <laughs> he's half right <laughs> you yeah. know he's he's emphasizing yeah. the later yeah. half he's correct. Um, when does when does imparted righteousness come? You know, but but I think mm-hmm. he's missing it. So I just see a lot of these debates, and I, I that's that really is where, as I've studied and read scripture, I think it just makes the most sense. It answers the questions the best, and I think it helps. I, th- I think I can read scripture very plainly, especially with words like sarks, and I can read Romans very mm-hmm. plainly um, and know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about sin and, and righteousness and things like yeah. that. So yeah. yeah, I mean uh, the the end the end is. You know where where we all get to. I mean, at least you know yep. on evangelical doctrine, it all remains the same, right? You know, basically, yeah. right? That humanity is sinful and need of a savior, right? So the end there is going to be the same. It is just a matter of how you get there, and uh, you know, I think you know, kind of with both of us, for you, kind of, I, I look, there's nothing wrong with, I feel like kind of as we get into these conversations, you know, people feel like they just have to pick a side and pick a camp and. You know, I think even a conversation like this hopefully you know shows people it's like, look, you don't necessarily just have to pick a side. You can look at both views, but then study the scripture for yourself, and you might realize the reason that there are two sides of this is because maybe both sides have a point, right? So, um, and so like, you know, I think that's kind of you know, even what you're kind of illustrating with your with how you frame the conversation mm-hmm. about like, hey, both sides have a point here, and yeah. maybe it's. Instead of like put pitting one against the other, maybe we need to say, "Hey, maybe there maybe there is some truth mm-hmm. in both areas." And and, and and to me, that increases our understanding of depravity. The problem is far worse. Mm-hmm. And and I've always, I mean, that 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 flows very well. The problem is far worse than what we thought, um, right? Yeah. Which then in yeah. turn means that grace is far greater than what we could have imagined. Um, yeah. And so my view yeah. leads me to a a, a, a more whole a more great greater view of, of Christ's atoning work um, what mm-hmm. it, it leads me to a it's not Christ doesn't just save my soul he, he saves he's 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 a redemption of everything um, and, and the problem mm-hmm. is so deep in me um, and sin yeah. is in what what Christ is doing at the incarnation is I mean that, and that goes back to Romans 8 3 right I mean it, it, it really elevates mm-hmm. it for me theologically which leads me to greater worship so part of me is like doesn't this make? I mean, why aren't we all thinking that? You know, I don't know. That's just the way my mind goes to that. Is the the, the worse the problem, your view of the problem will, will determine your view of the solution. 
you know, so what is the problem? Do we just have a leaky pipe or do the whole, does the whole daggum thing, in, you know, infected? Um, yeah. You know, is the house just in the wrong neighborhood or is the whole, is the whole neighbor, you know, the, the house is bad and the neighborhood's being destroyed. You know, to my mind, it's, the thing is, we've really made a muck of this, um, you yeah. know, and, and so the, I don't know, that's, that's just the way my mind approaches these things. And, yeah. and, um, and I, and I agree with you. I see, I see valid points. I see, you know, scripture really, there's not a whole bunch of, when you really dive into the scripture, there's not a whole bunch of, um, evidence the evidence is slim for both sides is is kind of the way mm-hmm. it's really it's not like we have an abundance on both sides it's actually slim on both sides which leads me to want to put the two slim sides together to make a whole a better a better yeah. theology that's actually kind of the way i think it in reality it is um it's not like there's yeah. abundant evidence on both sides of this debate so. yeah well andre i think even you know kind of you know having some a bit of Traditionism in your theology also explains, and there's so many different ways we can go with this, but it also explains what's so different about the incarnation, right? That, um, that you know, if humanity is right, you know, my mom and dad, quote unquote, are creating me. God's knitting us in the womb, but you know, right? That's just is naturally, you know, I'm getting all that stuff kind of passed down. What the inbreaking of the incarnation means is God stepped in the process. Yeah. Right, and instead there of there you go, there you go, yeah. Right, that now now Christ doesn't come from Adam, right? So mm-hmm. to say, like he is, yeah. he is and born, of the, he yeah. is born of the spirit, right? And yeah. this is the reason why it had to happen that way, and this yeah. is the reason that Christ had to be the one, yeah. To, and they, that's why the incarnation had to happen because mm-hmm. you know, you you couldn't naturally, you know, Christ isn't born with the infection. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So. To me, it matches that narrative very well. And it, but but if you go to once again, if you go to creationist view, it's well, what well, does it matter that Christ is born virgin or not? Because his soul is pure. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I mean, or maybe yeah. his body's not. Uh-huh. So anyway, so I mean, I, I guess they could see your way around that. But part of me is like, it just seems to make a little bit more sense. But yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I think I think we've uh, I think we've uh, beat the horse pretty well. Um, so yeah. you know, we've got to kind of wrap this up. Any other kind of closing thoughts, James? Or I mean, I feel. Did, did we answer the original? I already forgot the original question of why we were doing this today. Uh, do you think yeah. that we? I mean, it was all. Yeah, I think it was really. Let's just have a broad conversation about original sin and you know talk about this doctrine, yeah. um, why it's important to understand the different nuances behind it. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I think we arrive at the end, and I think you know again if if you have this concert kind of more evangelical view of this. Um, even if you get there in different ways, uh, mm-hmm. I think, Dre, you just mentioned this earlier, how incredible the grace of God is, right? For God to inbreak into the world, um, how incredible the narrative of Scripture is, is that there is a broken kingdom mm-hmm. that God is going to send a king who will renew that kingdom and will deliver people from that kingdom and renew them into the image and that God is working to renew us into the image of our new king, that is Jesus. And so, again, just the grace, the power, and the story of the gospel, um, you know, how original sin, you know, plays into that narrative. Again, it's just kind of, it's incredible, really, yeah. to, to continue yeah. to think about. I mean, oh, the depths of the love, oh, the depths of the grace of God. Um, that's really kind of what you're left with. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely wonderful. All right, that's a good way to close it. I think there's nothing more to be said. Yeah. 
All right. Thanks again, as always, uh, for listening um, and uh, taking the time to check out the podcast. Again, we're sorry we had to go on such a long break, but we are excited to be back with you and discussing all of these things. Um, um, As always, if you have a question or a topic that you would like for us to discuss, you can reach out to us a couple ways. You can go to our Facebook page at Good Theological Thursday. Um, You can send us a message um, with whatever you want to talk about, and we'd love to talk about it. Or you can email us at goodtheologicalthursday at gmail.com. If you like what you've heard, we can we would ask you to rate and review the podcast. Um, uh, we very much appreciate that. Or you can just uh, or subscribe to the podcast as well. Or if you just have a friend um, that you think um, would really benefit from this conversation, uh, consider passing this episode along to a friend. Uh, Dre, close us out. Yeah, thanks again for joining us as we kick off uh, our eighth season of Good Theological Mm -hmm. Thursday. And join us back next week for another conversation. Until then, have a good Theological Thursday. See ya. See ya.